There's nothing more humbling and inspiring and attractive than witnessing somebody be truly and uniquely exceptional. Except, of course, for their journeys. Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's work ethic. Scott and I wanted to see if we could discover what makes some of the universe's most incredible humans the successes they've become. And ultimately, find out exactly how they became... Ugh, so good. Hey guys, welcome back to Ugh, You're So Good, where we interview the best of the best and figure out how they got to be so amazing at what they do. Today's guest is a writer, comedian, actress. She's been in... So many things. So many things. The amazing fortune feemster. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, this I'm is... honored. I wanted to hear the, oh, you're so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always like, sometimes we forget to tell people what our podcast is called. And then we say that in the moment. And it's always like, what is the name of your yeah, podcast? Yeah, I was just thinking as I introduced <laughs> you, I was like, I'm not sure if I told her what even the <laughs> podcast uh, is about. So good. I just was so excited to talk to you. It didn't even matter. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> um, well, you might know Fortune from Chelsea Lately, Last Comic Standing, Mindy Project, What a Joke with Papa and Fortune, L Word Generation Q, which is coming soon, right? Uh, I'm not in this new season, but I did I did a couple cameos in the last season. Okay. Amazing. And then also Disney Pixar's Soul recently, which was life-changing yes. for me. So it's so cool that you're a part of that. Such a good movie. And then you have a new movie, which is probably out by the time this airs, um, starring Kristen Wiig, Annie Mumolo, and Jenny Dornan called Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I mean, that people have to watch this movie. I'm I'm <laughs> demanding that people watch this movie because I can't wait. It, it, I will be I watched it, it twice and I cry I cried with laughter because my part's <laughs> a smaller part. And so I didn't know what happened in the rest of the movie. So please watch it if you just want to feel I watched the Fun trailer like in your four life. times in a row. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just like, I you played it. And it's funny, you have a part in the trailer and it's very funny. So everyone go watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a shame though that we, it is one of those movies you want to watch with a room full of people. So that's the only right. bummer is not yeah. getting to see it in the theater. Well, but. maybe Scott, because we're on Scott's deck right now. So maybe we could pull your TV to the, to the yeah. edge of the room and <laughs> sit outside with some friends. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring a laugh track button. And yeah, make perfect. Sure has, For sure. Yeah. Um, so this podcast is all about like just people who are amazing at things. And Scott and I are just obsessed with having dreams and chasing them and yeah. getting better and, you know, you know, work uh, ethic. Work ethic. Mm-hmm. And from my, from everything I've heard, comedy is, is like can be a very painful journey. Like it's just yeah. like one of the hardest roads. And so just to like get the stories coming, I wanted to ask you if there was a specific moment along the way where you felt like I made it or like I did it. Oh man. I mean, it's definitely been a journey. I've been out in LA for two, uh, since 2003, I moved here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't work for a very long time. I worked at it. I was trying to get better. I did the growlings for a long time. I didn't get paid. I did stand up for a long time. No one hired me for anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I I got the I knew I got the job that was going to open all the doors, and that was Chelsea lately. Mm-hmm. And wow. it was um, the end of 2010. I was flat broke. I had been working as a journalist for the last seven years as my, my day job. And then, Mm -hmm. um, the newspapers were folding and yada, yada. 
And uh, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had submitted a writing packet to Chelsea's show and hadn't heard anything. And then three weeks later, got the job with them right after oh uh, the wow. holidays. That gives me chills. That, uh, yeah, I got to say, like, it is fun to see like the... 20 under 20 who became famous in four hours of after moving to LA. But yeah. I really prefer the stories of like real hustle. Cause it also like it, it it's it, um, it get, you get better quality that way. Mm -hmm. Like the people who have been working at it, not to mention any kind of art. And for my opinion has so much to do with personal experience that yeah. like the more real life experience you had, it seems like the better your comedy yeah. will be because you were living a, you know, closer to whatever quote unquote regular life. So well, how many yeah. years did you live in LA till you booked Chelsea lately that so you were that, like, so that would have been about almost eight years, seven and a half, eight years. Wow. Yeah. And in that time, did you ever feel like what am I doing, doing comedy? Or were you just like, because some people, <laughs> very much so. Because <laughs> I, you know, some people are like, I don't know anything else. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Um, well, I had uh. come from, I graduated college and then, um, and I, my mom always wanted me to go to graduate school. And so I was always expected to, to take an academic route. Mm -hmm. And I think she was so bummed when I didn't, do that mm -hmm. and I moved mm -hmm. to LA instead mm -hmm. and so I think probably my family always assumed that if this didn't work out I would just go to law school or mm -hmm. whatever I, I don't know <laughs> and um I the, especially the first couple of years I was like oh my god what am I doing LA is so hard. I had a hard time making friends at first. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. And no one talks to you out here. If you don't yeah. know, <laughs> you know, it's like neighbors don't even, I don't, I don't even know I half know. my neighbors still. Um, I know. And I'm from North Carolina. So I was from a place that was very, um, like you said, you made friends everywhere. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. Very friendly. Yeah. And so I was, I was, I cried my, I, I called my mom crying. Like, all the time, especially the first two years. And she would just be like, and she would say, well, you can come home and live with me. And I'd be like, never mind, I'm fine. I'm going to cry even harder. Yeah. Like, My phone's dying, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong number. Um, so, <laughs> so the alternative wasn't doing it for me. So I just kind of I had to find my place here. And where I found my place originally was the Groundlings. I started taking improv mm -hmm. classes to just make friends. It was not meant to be a career or, you know, I wasn't pursuing this dream. I didn't even know what my dream was at the time. And I discovered improv. And once I discovered improv, it almost didn't matter that I was broke. I mm. just loved comedy so much. And I had never gotten to do it before. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's amazing because they say, like, the journey's a little bit easier, at least if you love what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, at least if it's fun. Gotta, yeah. Like, you know, fall in or love at least, with. Or at least know... At, at least know what you want to do. I feel so bad for people who are working so hard at, at, at things and they don't even know what their passion is. Right. I was like, right. at least I know what I'm working towards now. Right. And so I at least, I at least can like have a goal in mind. Yeah. And I, th I think a lot of people in LA are more obsessed with the thought of the outcome than yeah. enjoying than the, than what the, they're doing. Than the work. Or they yeah, just totally. want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I do not understand. I have to be honest. Like as somebody who 
I mean, I, I guess I, I do understand. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't. Sense of belonging when you're yeah. right. I, I, like, I do understand. You. That's, that's not true. But it just, after living in LA long enough to know how painful it can be mm-hmm. to be pursuing such an impossible dream. I'm a musician. I'm a singer songwriter. Yeah. I'm like, why would anyone go through, through this, this on purpose <laughs> if you know, know they didn't love the art that they're making? Yeah. I know like, my, my wife, I met her in Chicago and she moved here for love. And she's, no. al- she's always like, why would anyone live out here if they're not trying it's to true. do this? It's so true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Congrats, by yeah, the way. Yeah, congrats on your wedding. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I was going to ask about that. I was curious. Um, like, again, as a songwriter, sometimes I write very personal songs. Mm-hmm. I write about the things that happen in my life. And I've always felt like if I'm dating someone, like, I have to kind of wait and see, like, are they going to be cool with me, like, revealing their secrets in yeah. my songs? Because they have to be. And I was like, do, I mean, it's kind of similar in comedy, right? Like, was there... Are there like obviously there's limits to what mm-hmm. you would share, but like is that something you guys have to address or like? Well, you I know? haven't. I guess I haven't touched the. Um, I haven't touched on anything too like. Oh, I don't know about that yet. Yeah. So I haven't yeah. crossed the line yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be informed if it's like d- TMI. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I told a story in my last in my Netflix special. Um, about uh, acts of about I was uh, asleep and I ate gluten and I, I love this story. in my <laughs> sleep started it. choking <laughs> my now now wife and and that was a very true story and we were kind of like do we tell people the story it's kind of crazy right. but that's what happened. And, but yeah, because you guys made that pact not to murder each other, and then pact. you were breaking the pact. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> you didn't qualify if you had to be unconscious or not. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, when she, she's she's a good sport and always fun to share yeah. like, stories like that. If I were to like, like she, do, I do a podcast and she oftentimes does it with me, and there will she there will be times where she's like, let's, I don't need to share all that, and they're like, okay. right. So yeah. right. I leave it up to her to kind of tell me where her line is, and I respect that. Yeah, that makes me think of a question. So in comedy, do you think being brutally honest is very, very important, or can people just kind of put together more of an act? Yeah, like how much how much has to be, like, completely real, mm-hmm. you know? like I mean, some people just make up the whole thing, and you, you're like, well, that never happened but you right. can, I feel like you can feel it when it's yeah. not completely real mm-hmm. a lot of my th- stories are are very real and but I'll take some creative license with mm-hmm. um some parts of the story like when I I came out I did in my half hour special I did a thing about coming out to my dad and he uh in real life he was just like you're my daughter I love you. You're my daughter, but I, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I, uh, which is funny too. But I thought um, I said uh, I made up that he said, uh, uh, "Do you want me to buy you like a men's blazer or a, <laughs> or a top hat?" <laughs> a top hat. <laughs> so, the, so, <laughs> so you a know, really beautiful sign of of support. <laughs> So I, I I like base things on truth, and then I go, what's right. what's a funnier thing than what happened? <laughs> to take yeah. it to the extreme. Yeah. I guess this is like kind of a similar question, but maybe like a different angle on it. Do you feel like 
to be a successful comedian, you have to really know who you are and accept who you are. Because I feel like so much of it is is self-deprecation, but like on a deep level, like really understanding your own insecurities, your own flaws, and kind of being willing to play off of those. Like, can you do it if you're not quite in touch with yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are comics who don't reveal a lot about who they are. They, they um, are known for like, telling stories about other people and and you really don't know much about their life at all Mm -hmm. and so Mm. they're the comics that whether or not they reveal you know parts of themselves it doesn't really matter because it doesn't reflect you know it's not reflected in their comedy for me i'm very much uh i knew from the moment i stepped on stage that for me to pretend to be anything i wasn't wasn't gonna fly Mm because i like like for instance like talking about being gay if I walk on the stage and I'm not um, acknowledging that part of me or if I'm denying that part of me, the audience immediately smells bullshit. You know, they're right. like, we yeah. know, we're, we see your flannel <laughs> shirt. We know <laughs> what's going on here. And so <laughs> it was easier for me to just, you know, uh, completely be myself because then I can, I, and I also talk a lot about my family. I tell us stories about my life. So yeah. to like pretend to be something else, I think would be hard for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you came out at 25. Did you do comedy before that? No, I started, I started, uh, I did theater in college. I kind of stunk at it. Um, <laughs> and I had terrible, really? yeah, I had really <laughs> terrible stage fright. And, um, but also we didn't do comedy. It was very obscure plays or Shakespeare. Right, right, right. It's like Hamlet. How do you do it? Yeah, it's a different vibe. You know, it's a Southerner trying to do Shakespeare. Do you get stage fright like on set? Because I I get more scared on a set than on a stage. Really? Well, same, but I'm a, yeah. 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 Mine was always on stage because I would, I had this uh, fear of forgetting my lines. I don't know where that came from. But then... After I moved to LA, I discovered improv, and that took all of my um, my uh, stage fright away somehow. Because I think I learned how to get myself out of a situation if I forgot a line. Mm-hmm. I just make it up, mm-hmm. and I never realized oh, I nice. could do that before. And so I started improv and came out at the same the wow. same year. And I feel like it was very those are two very significant things. Yeah, for me and that they happen in the same year is kind of trippy mm-hmm. wow that is amazing that must have been such a life shift for you well i think i think part of why it worked out well is because um when i came out it was like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders right. i felt I like this sense of peace and happiness that i had i'd always been a happy person but there was always something looming over my head of like mm-hmm. I'm different and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I legitimately didn't know I was gay. Mm-hmm. And once I finally realized that missing puzzle piece, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so <laughs> I went from being like a fairly happy person to mm-hmm. like everything's amazing. You add that to improv and it's just right. like one big happy, you know, rainbow. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, to me, sometimes the recipe for happiness is as simple as like being yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. and like doing something you love. And yeah. so yeah. coming out and finding improv is like one plus one for that. You know, yeah. it's like from that happiness and authenticity comes the best art. Absolutely. Because it's just natural and feels good. Yeah. And people can feel that. Yeah. And, yeah. and you talk about it in the Netflix special. 
about like representation too, you know, mm-hmm. like that also like allows you to then kind of like what you're saying, make this incredibly authentic art that then can, serves a purpose. Can as serve well. a purpose, right? Which just feels so good, you know. It feels so good to kind of yeah. um, serve a, a bigger purpose like that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't. I think I would have come out a lot sooner had I had had there been more representation. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, you know, I because it was a different time. There was there was no YouTube and no Will and Grace, and so I didn't right. see myself. Uh, represented uh, represented anywhere. Uh, I saw, yeah. you know, people were like, well, Ellen came out. And you're like, yeah, and she got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one talked to her for like yeah. seven years. Yeah. You mean one person coming out and then getting so much backlash? Isn't enough know, representation for you? <laughs> um, one was person coming out. said they were gay. What do you want? Yeah, yeah someone's getting selfish. Uh, was the coming out process like, uh, brutal for you because I know you grew up like in church you talk about mm-hmm. and you're special and um, you're obviously from the south and so I know that can be a hard mix. You're from the south. I'm yeah. also from the south <laughs> and I'm also gay so I, so I, I know it was really hard for me. You're to tex- terms Is it Texas? Yes, Texan. I'm Are so sorry. Texas, I'm from right. San Francisco and I'm straight so I can't relate <laughs> to oh you. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like I've been been accepting gay people my whole life. My whole life, I'm yeah. <laughs> it's boring she at this she point. Was gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I I think if I had come out, I came out well live once I had moved to LA. So I think that made my yeah. journey a little bit easier because you're no longer like I think the hardest part is coming out and being in the home of other people. And if they don't accept you, you're screwed. Like, right. you're yeah. like, I don't pay the bills, you pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you know, if suddenly I, you know, tell you this thing about myself and you don't like it, like I'm at the mercy of you. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, I think it, it was a little bit more freeing being older. Cause I was, you know, the, you're not at the mercy of other people in that same way. Um, yeah. I'm lucky that my mom's uh, very liberal, even though we grew up in a very conservative area. Um, so she, for her, it was more of just like, I don't want life to be more difficult for you mm-hmm. than, it, than it will already be. And this is just one other thing that could potentially bring you um, pain. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to me, the alternative was, well, not to be myself is much worse um, exactly. Yeah. So she was very accepting. My dad was my whole family. My whole family was great. And so I was really lucky. And um, I don't know what it would have been like if I was younger, but I think it happened at the right time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. My family was the exact same way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. My mom, my mom was like, that sounds h- hard for you. <laughs> She's like, that, that's going to make your life harder, right? And I was like, yeah, but I can't change it. So right, I'm going right. to go ahead and like run with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you're like, uh, you're like, I, it is who I am. So I, I need right. to be the best gay I can be. <laughs> I'm like, I better get started. <laughs> the longer I put this I off. commit to this. <laughs> All right, so that was the end of part one with our conversation with Fortune Feemster. Be sure to tune in next week for part two.